Broadcasting live here in Barroqua at the Country Club. The clouds are on and off. It was raining a little bit earlier. The breeze is going. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get it in or not. Still kind of up in the air. It's kind of a raw day. Kind of a raw day. So there you go. Um, so we have talked about everything and brought the show pretty much into a sinkhole at this point. Uh, so we got to bring it back to some sanity and uh, talk a little bit about the aftermath of what uh, the coaching prospect is now out at the uh, the University of Wisconsin. And uh, to do more from Badger 247, our buddy Michael Hogan joining us uh, on the line. Michael, how you been? Good, good. Thanks for having me on, Bill. Yeah, you bet. Um, so I, I was interesting. I was watching, I was kind of flipping through, and I saw the article written about the coaching aftermath. Uh, first of all, I want to go back. Give me your assessment of why you think other than just record or if there was you know things that you saw along the way via the badgers why it was time for paul chris to go and why specifically in the middle of the season well you know there are a number of factors that that i think played into it and i think uh, you know jesse temple's article uh, this morning that that went out was, was you know highlighted some of the recruiting failures um but you know the other day uh, i kind of wrote a little bit about how um, you know, recent recent developments were, were troubling, you know, in the offseason. Um, the first thing I pointed to was was that Chris' biggest change that he tried to make with, with offensive coordinator, first-time offensive coordinator Bobby Engram, that obviously wasn't working out. You know, the offense was, was stale last year, put up poor numbers passing-wise, and uh, the only thing that went well from last year was running the ball with Braylon Allen. This year, nothing's really gone well for them. Uh, they haven't been able to pass the ball consistently, especially against better uh, opponents. Um, they rushed for two yards against Illinois on Saturday. And the numbers are really just no better from last year. And another thing you can point to is the quarterback development. I mean, you know, he, Jack Cohn is probably, is certainly Chris' best quarterback he developed here. Um, you know, Graham Merch was the highest rated guy that they, they got, the highest rated quarterback prospect in, in Wisconsin history in the online recruiting rankings era and he um, you know he has not panned out and you know not all of that falls on Chris you know some of it a lot of it goes on the player too but um, you know that certainly goes on you know Chris as well it's an indictment on him and um, I think that they started to get beat at their own game too I mean they used to be the most physical physically grueling team to play or at least one of them in the country um, they haven't they've lost their reputation a little bit there um their offensive line hasn't been as dominant as it once was again they rushed for two yards inexcusable um inexcusably poor performance against illinois and then the penalties uh, if you look at wisconsin teams from the past never really used to beat themselves but this year they're third or you know in the top five in penalties in the big 10 they've had two games where they've committed more than more than uh, you know or 10 or more penalties that's you know that's that's inexcusable and they've lost some games where they've been they've been favored i mean they were favored by what 17 points against washington state you lose that one at home um you know you lose to illinois obviously and just a lot of troubling numbers starting to pile up they were two and eight against ap top 25 opponents since the 2019 big 10 championship game they hadn't been back to indianapolis uh since 2019 so yeah it was just a culmination of things starting to pile up sped up by recent events so now that they've made the move, uh, and I asked this earlier to Jesse when we had him on, but do you feel, 
And, and we all, I think, have the consensus that they don't make this move if Jim Leonard is not on the staff and they don't feel comfortable with him already. But do you think this is an audition, or do you believe that this is just they gave it to Leonard, they went ahead and made the move, and now Leonard has got some time to try to show some improvement and then present the ideas on how to fix what is wrong right now, but that ultimately he's got the job? Yeah, I mean, I'd absolutely say it's a it's an audition. I don't know if Wisconsin makes this move if, if Leonard isn't on staff. Uh, who else is in conversation to be a – to be a head coach. Leonard just had, had opportunities to leave for bigger jobs before. He's had he had a chance to go be with Green Bay. A couple of other college programs have, have reached out to him about, you know, coordinator positions or um, you know, head coaching positions. So I think, yeah, I think this is absolutely an opportunity for him, uh, for Chris McIntosh and, and UW officials to see what he can do over seven games. Uh, this this gives him a pretty good sample size. Obviously I, I don't know how much the win-loss record should should play into it. Um, I think this team has a lot of issues, and I don't know if it's fair to expect uh, him to to be able to fix them all in seven games. Um, but yeah, I would absolutely say it's a it's an audition um, to see how he handles more responsibilities, to see how he reacts to being put in different positions he hasn't been in before. Um, one of the responsibilities he's going to have to have now is, is helping out the offensive side of the ball and, and having, a, having more of a hand or at least uh, keeping more of an eye on uh, that, that side of the ball and, and being more involved in the game plan there. Um, you know, with the, it seems like things are going to be the same pretty much uh, on the defensive side. He, he still plans to, to, to call the signals, and, you know, in the plays. Um, but uh, if he can maybe spear – I still think that they, they have some really – intriguing talent in that side of the ball if he can get that part of it turned around uh, get that group playing better toward the end of the year that would be a good sign uh, and also uh, cleaning up cleaning it up i mentioned the penalties um you know a few minutes ago uh this team has been undisciplined so far whether they're they'll admit it or not um that that part needs to be fixed if he can just show he's he's poised you know with with more on his plate get the defense playing better and and clean up the style of play. I think those three things would be a very positive uh, first step for him in this in this journey to ultimately earning um, the 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 full uh, you know the permanent head coach job if that's the direction that uh, Wisconsin wants to go in. I know there are you know a lot of intriguing outside options that have been talked about. Lance Leipold, of course, obvious connection to the state. Um, you know he, he had a great run at UW Whitewater. He's he's won everywhere he's gone. Uh, you've, you've seen Dave Aranda's name thrown out there, but I also I, I, I think that this is truly uh, Leonard's job to lose here. The uh, the use of Graham Mertz, um, do you see a lot of development? I mean, he has been through some different coordinators, different ideas offensively. Um, it's it's not been the easiest go for him. Let's be honest. Uh, but he, then again. You know, sometimes if you're good enough, you just overcome all of that. But have you seen growth in that area? Well, I thought early on in the year uh, we were starting to see some uh, true growth. And I guess you could maybe say uh, I haven't looked at the numbers on Pro Football Focus recently because obviously there's been a lot more going on. But uh, I think his, his deep passing looked a little bit better early on in the year. He looked a little bit more comfortable in that regard. But you just you look at the two – two big 10 games they've played so far i mean he's, he's got three three interceptions two touchdowns he's completed about 50 some 55 or 57 percent of his passes 
I think that's pretty disappointing. Uh, you know, even though you, you did say that he's had a lot of different voices to listen to, a lot of different people to learn from over the last couple of years. Uh, but it, but uh, I, I think it's, it, you know, based on what he's shown in in games against better opponents recently against Illinois and Ohio State, I, I just it seems a little bit discouraging and maybe uh, took some wind out of his sails a little bit that, you know, uh, after those performances, even in that Washington State game, I thought he looked pretty good. Um, you know, he, he, he was efficient on third down in that game. He, he made a lot of big-time throws down the field. And even early on against Illinois, he was completing – I think they went away from uh, Mertz a little bit too much because I think he was really the only offense they had. They couldn't run the ball. Um, they were too stubborn and, and kept going with the run. But I think just looking at the big picture over the last two games, I think you you should feel maybe a little disappointment just uh, with what he's shown. The uh, the defense under Jim Leonard this year just hasn't been what it's been in the past. and It's, it's sometimes difficult. You lost leadership. You lost some of the seniors off of that group. Is this just a year in which the young guys are learning, or is this a lack of talent? I don't know. I I, I think I think it's 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 a it's a little bit uh, mix of both, um, in my opinion. Uh, you know, obviously, I think the expectations were set a little bit too high before the year. Um, I know the players were kind of talking before the year. You know that, that they had a they felt like they had a chance to be on the same level as last year's group did. But let's be real, that's just unrealistic. Last year's group was was absolutely dominant in, in pretty much every regard. Um, you, you lost eight starters. Um, you had to replace eight starters from last year's defense, uh, in, including two in the middle of the field, uh, Jack Sanborn and Leo Chanel. And uh, the, the two younger inside linebackers they have starting right now, Jordan Turner and Mumana Jungmenta, I think they're really talented players. I think they have a lot of upside, but they just haven't been producing. Uh, it's been a significant drop-off. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with just them being inexperienced players. They, they didn't. They hardly. Neither of those guys hardly played any snaps uh, last year or even the last two years behind Sanborn and Shell. Those two hardly came off the field, um, and and that that goes for the rest of the inside linebackers on the roster. There's a lot of inexperience there. There's a lot of learning to be done, um, especially in game situations. You can practice all you want, but it's a completely different animal when you're out there on the field on a game day. Uh, and I also think you know that this defense. Uh, they, they, I think the lack of pressure they've generated up front has been well documented. You really only have two guys consistently making plays up there. Uh, you got you got Herbig, who's got what four of the team's nine sacks. Benton in the last game, he was really the only guy who who got any pressure against Illinois. Um, so that that's been a disappointing part. I think people had high expe- high expectations for the outside linebackers, guys like C.J. Getz, Daryl Peterson, just haven't been producing. Um, and, and those guys are also kind of inexperienced. Uh, and then you go back to the secondary. Uh, they'll get Alexander Smith back this week. Uh, that's what it sounds like, at least. Uh, I think that'll be a big boost for them, fifth-year senior corner. Their most versatile guy can, can play. And they had him playing safety uh, during the spring when, when that position group thinned to injury. So that'll be a big boost for them. But the, they brought in uh, four transfer defensive backs, three cornerbacks, Jay Shaw, Justin Clark, Cedric Dort. Kamoi Latu, a safety from Utah. Um, I, I would say overall, those guys have been kind of disappointing. They're all veteran players, um, and obviously there is an adjustment period to you know getting new, used to a new scheme, uh, new coaches, new, new terminology. But I think that that people had high, higher expectations for that group. Um, I think a lot of people actually expected this secondary to be better than some recent secondaries the Badgers have, but that hasn't really, really been the case. Um, 
there's still a lot of time for that narrative to change. Uh, but, yeah, I would say that overall this defense has been disappointing, but there are a lot of factors to consider um, inexperience and maybe just the talent not being as good as, as previous years. How far away, let, let's just say, okay, if we're going to look at the big picture, how far away is this program from getting back to prominence and or getting themselves into a Big Ten championship game and really going toe-to-toe with the likes of an Ohio State? You know, I think that really depends on what they what they decide next, what what the what the coach decision is going to be. I think if you I think when you when you think about this and and if you keep Leonard, you you probably have an easier time retaining your recruiting class and retaining the guys on your roster. Keep in mind, there's still that transfer portal, um, and these coaching decisions can heavily influence that uh, those decisions. Um, I think that's that's a really important thing to keep in mind when. When, when considering the next step for this program, who's going to be the next permanent head coach, I think uh, when, when you think of Leonard, that has to be on your mind. The recruiting class, uh, the, the, the transfer, the risk of losing guys to the transfer portal. Um, you hire a guy from the outside, and you know he might have different ideas, and, and um, you know bring some of his players along with him. You know, with this whole transfer portal thing. So, I think that question is really, really interesting to consider from this perspective. Um, I, I think they have, you know, it starts with the quarterback too. I mean, you, you got to have better, better play there. Um, I think this, you know, you got to have a better offensive line. Like I said earlier, this program used to win a lot of these games, compete for championships and in, in, in New Year's Six Bowls because of its physicality, in large part because of its physicality, and that has kind of gone away. I think, you know, once this program has a consistent quarterback again, is able to get back to that. Smash mouth, we're, you know, we might might not have more talent than you, but we're we want it more than you. And Leonard kind of alluded to that the other day um, on Tuesday when he spoke to reporters. We have to get back to that, and um, this is this is this is why we've been so successful for all these years. Uh, so I think those are some things to consider when when you think about how far away this program is. I don't have a clear answer on that. I, I don't really want to put a number on it because it just I think it weighs heavily on on who's the next coach and their philosophies and and. Um, you know, if, if this program goes through somewhat of a rebuild, I don't know if that's, that's you know, going to happen. Wisconsin's still one of the top programs in the Big Ten, but certainly a, uh, keeping Leonard or making an outside hire could really uh, swing that. Michael, hey, real quick before I let you go, um, you know, I know Jesse's piece talked about recruiting. Um, what do you think needs to happen to get other players to come here? Or do you have to get better at kind of picking up the rest? If you don't get the, the five-star kids from Ohio State, you got to become better at picking up the four-star kids from everywhere else. Well, I think the last, yeah, the last part of your question is you know, really important. Um, this program has never really thrived on getting five-star guys. I mean, they've only gotten one or two or three. I'm not looking at the, the player rankings on 24-7 right now, but they've only had a, a small amount of five-star guys. They've, they've thrived on on three-star guys and four-star guys on maybe some underlooked guys if you want to call them call them that and walk-ons i think that that uh, you know i guess in this new age uh, of, of nil and the transfer portal you want to you want to put yourself in, in the conversation for that top talent but i think this program can't forget what it what it built itself on and that's that's those underdog guys guys with a chip on their shoulder and and, and, and guys that are maybe a little bit overlooked in, in the recruiting process. So I think that's important. To, and, and obviously, you know, in, at least last year's recruiting cycle, they lost some big guys from in, the in-state. 
you know, from the state to, to other programs. So I think uh, you don't want to see that become a trend. Um, and, and you also want to just, just keep in mind your roots when it, when it comes to recruiting for sure. Good stuff, man. I appreciate it. And uh, Michael, we'll keep watching, okay? Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Bill. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Badger 247, that's our, our buddy Michael Hogan. Pretty good article on the coaching and, uh, you know, life after uh, firing a head coach. So good stuff. Interesting read there as well. You can read it at Badgers 247. And uh, you can also, they do a lot of uh, video pieces and stuff as well. You can find it there. But uh, good stuff from him. Uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and step away. We're going to take a quick break. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at the Water Doctors. H2, the letter O, doctors.com, and the Connecticut Water Softening System. I've been uh, bragging about for a long, long time. Long, long time. And uh, love the Connecticut system. It's been fantastic. It is uh, It is awesome when it comes to um, when it comes to whether it's showers, whether it's your laundry, uh, the drinking Drinking water through the reverse osmosis is fantastic. Love that stuff, and I drink a ton of water. Thanks to our friends at the Water Doctors for being such a big supporter. And they do a lot of different charitable stuff as well. So if you're going to support somebody, uh, support the Water Doctors, h2theletterodoctors.com. That's h2theletterodoctors.com. Or call John directly, 262-549-7733, 262-549-7733. And uh, if they can't help you, they will certainly send you to uh, somebody in the area who can. Again, 262-549-7733. 262-549-7733. That's the Water Doctors in Waukesha. Let's do this. Let's go step away, take a quick break. We'll come back. Got a lot more to get to still. Three segments of the program left. Stay tuned. we got more coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. friends at epoxy flooring done right sean and the gang good people epoxy flooring flooring coating polyurea coating they do it all whether you're a wisconsin homeowner business owner industrial you can do it all different colors different finishes i'm telling you you get your floor epoxied or that polyurea coating make that thing shine it's beautiful and they can do the painting in the room as well just make that whole thing look like brand new really spruce up a showroom a garage a basement a gym Whatever it may be, from Green Bay to Milwaukee to Madison, everywhere in between, uh, go to epoxyflooringdoneright.com. That's epoxyflooringdoneright.com. Or call Sean direct, 262-443-2852. I love my uh, my gym. He did my gym in my house, man. It's beautiful. So uh, get a hold of Sean over there at Epoxy Flooring Done Right, and you can call him again, 262-443-2852. So I'm reading this. Uh, stuff that you sent me here uh, during the break, Ben. Um, just weird stuff. And this is one of those things where you got to wonder. So apparently there's a school in Columbia, New York, which is in hot water. No, First, the, the Columbia. The Columbia. Oh, Columbia. Oh, okay. The so very the esteemed Columbia. Ivy in New York City. Yes, Columbia. Yes, I went to yes. Columbia. So they're in hot water. Apparently... They got caught funding U.S. News and World Report rankings. Now, was it any specific ranking? Was it for school or was it something else? 
it's complicated how those rankings work, and they're all a scam. But there was something there with the school faking how many of their professors had a certain level of degree, which then rises your ranking in these very made-up rankings that probably matter too much. But Gotcha. I feel like everybody fakes the ranking. The real question is, how do you get caught doing it? How stupid do you have to be to get caught doing what everybody um, does? That's like the NIL thing. You have to have a big mouth. That's what has to happen. Somewhere, somebody knew, and either that person said, yeah, we pay for the rankings, or somebody pissed somebody off that knew something, and they said, oh, you know what, I'm going to blow the whistle. We were, I, it's funny, I was talking to Kristen about this last night. Um, and, um, you know, it's kind of like the, if you don't tell anybody what you're doing or information you have, no one will ever know. You know, they always say that's the reason criminals and criminal enterprises go down is because somewhere somebody talks. Eventually, the secret leaks out. If, you know, it's, it's um, did you ever read the Edgar Allan Poe book called A Telltale Heart? No. And I think I, I even did this on the air one time. The, a Telltale Heart is about a guy who was a salesman, very mundane salesman, no family, no kids, nobody. He goes door to door. He goes to a ter- certain apartment, and a guy ends up killing him, which is a very morbid thing to begin with. But he cuts up the body and puts the body underneath the floorboards of his apartment. Okay? Oh, God. So people come in. Yeah, nobody knows. This guy, nobody misses this guy. They just figure his his work just figures he left. No, nobody misses this guy. Nobody would ever know. But the fact is you have a conscience or you have the need to tell somebody so this guy, as he goes about his daily business, starts to hear a heartbeat. Thump, 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 thump. And he can't figure out what it is until he realizes, he believes, that the heartbeat is coming from beneath the floorboards. And basically what it signifies is it's his conscience or the need to tell somebody. So when you say, how do people find out? The only way people find out is if you tell somebody. Eventually this guy goes crazy and he ends up telling everybody what he did and then he's arrested for killing this guy. But nobody would have known had he not said a word. So always, always, when stuff like this happens, you there's always somebody who has information and you find out about it. That's the reason, you know, the police go public. When, they, when they're out of leads on certain cases, somebody knows. Somebody, other than whatever the, the perpetrator is, somebody knows something. You know, a minor detail. And that's why they always say it may be minor. You may not even realize you know it, but you come forward and talk about it because there's something there. So somebody was caught at uh, at, at the university, Columbia, um, fudging the numbers with, uh, with uh, U.S. News and World Report. But somebody was in charge of their Twitter account and their social media. This is the other side of the story. That somebody managing the Twitter account, and if you've been uh, watching Twitter, if you're a Twitter follower, there are many things that you click on, you like, you read, you enjoy, you're informed by, and that's what Twitter is. It's a headline grabber. But it also, much like over on the Bud Light live stream when this happens to us, and it just happened again moments ago, when a porn bots come and they fly through there, you can have things that rhyme with October. For example, if you put a C in front of it, you get my drift. Apparently, somebody at Columbia University clicked like. So, 
click the uh, the heart symbol. And so you start to go through, and you're like, who's liking this? You know, it's got like 24 likes on the October. <laughs> the link with the porn bot C in front of it. And so somebody, they're like, oh, look, it's Frankie down the street. Oh, it's that perverted guy over the hill. It's this perverted guy. Look at that guy. He looks like a porn mustache. Wait a minute. Columbia University? Yes, we're doing to our porn. Yes, we pay for it. Holy, we pay for it with an American Express card. Thank God. <laughs> you don't get boned without it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So somebody at Columbia University is clicking on the porn bots. Stop I, I will say this. I, I will say this in defense. Um, they just went off on the... Uh, uh, on the Bud Light live stream uh, a little while ago. Yeah, you got to clear your browsing history. There's something there. I don't know what it is. Well, it <laughs> happens I, on all the computers. I don't know what it is. I, from what I'm told is they look for high levels of stream and interaction, and it just runs a program, and it just pops up anywhere that it can find it in uh, via because uh, it comes through YouTube. It doesn't come through anything that I've done. It comes through YouTube. So YouTube has a problem with this, and YouTube has a, a report button. So that's what you do. You click on it. You click stop. You click that. Uh, you put them into quote a timeout over on uh, YouTube, and then you have a, a report button, and you report the link. And then all they do is they reinvent the link. There's a, a program, I guess, that does that, but but it only comes through YouTube. So that's the only place it, it happens. Um, let's do this. We're going to step away and take a quick break. We got to get out of the. The, the porn discussion. We went from clogging and sex to the Badgers and then back to, you know, Columbia University clicking on porn bots. So we'll get back into it. Uh, Packers heading to London today. You've got uh, life after Paul Chris. And, uh, you know, the other aspect of this is if you're a Badger fan, what are you expecting? That's one thing we haven't talked about. Badger fan that's sitting out there listening to the program now. Life after Paul Christ. Okay, for all of you who are calling for Paul Christ to say, you know what, can't do it, milk toast, whatever other, you know, adjective you were to using at the time, because I'm just trying to think of all the ones that were used over on uh, on Twitter. Okay, so you got what you wanted, and you said Leonard's the guy. What is your expectation? What is your expectation? That's what I'd love to know. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. What is your expectation now that you've gotten what you want? I would love to know. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. We are live out here in Viroqua hanging out. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. They're open early. They're going to have watch parties for the game coming up on Sunday. they got specials, all kinds of good stuff. Stop over Pewaukee Lake, Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill, home of the Big Porker. And they got a lot of good events coming up, bands coming up, music coming up. They've got meat raffles. They've got different ticket raffles going on. Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I know what's going on Saturday night. Uh, Saturday night heading uh, back into the Milwaukee area. Saturday night heading downtown. And uh, it's a night where you can just kind of relax a little bit. 
not traveling. Packer game up early, so not going to be out late. But uh, we're heading down to uh, heading down to Calderon Club. Uh, Chris and I are going to head to Calderon Club, relax, have some dinner, just enjoy the atmosphere. Haven't seen Gino and, and Robin and the gang in a while, so going to get down there and just kind of take it easy. He's called her own club right there on Old World 3rd Street uh, next to the Hyatt, across the street from the Hyatt. San Giorgio, the uh, authentic Napoletano pizzeria right next door. Uh, great places. One of the best Italian food you're ever going to put in your mouth. I'm just telling you. Just awesome stuff. The chicken marsala is to die for. They've got uh, award-winning spaghetti and meatballs down there, which is the staple. Uh, unbelievable pizza on both sides. And they pair it up with Cider Boys, uh, which is uh, from Point Brewing, too. Um, but uh, they, they do some good stuff down there. And if you want really, really good Italian food, you're looking for a nice kind of cool, quaint, that corner picture that you see out of the New York City scene that was painted years ago, kind of that style, place, cool, that's uh, that's Calderon Club. So stop in uh, this weekend. Good place. Good place to go. So the uh, the question is, now that the move has been made, what do you want to see? What do, what, what do you want to see out of Jim Leonard? What, 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 what do you want along the way? Um, because things obviously have not started off well. Their front four is not getting home on a consistent basis. They're going to have to put a, a different pass rush on Northwestern this week, and they're going to have to throw the ball early, I think, to kind of put uh, Northwestern a little bit back on their heels and then run the ball with Braylon Allen and company. Uh, it's a place they don't traditionally win. I mean, I think first and foremost, if you go down there and you get a win in Evanston where it's been so troublesome just walking away with a W to begin with, that'll be something that's just, if anything, it's a team you should beat, but if anything, it's just a little bit of an ego boost, a confidence boost, just to say, finally, we're one of the groups that actually won in Evanston, Illinois. So that's that's kind of where I start with all of this. Let's go to the phones. Let's talk to John listening to us in Madison. John, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, great show, Bill. Yeah, thank you. You know, I think that I'm looking forward. You kind of touched on it there in the trenches on both sides. Play with, assert their will. Play with aggression. Flying around, and uh, just and just make it happen in the offensive defensive lines. But also play calling. I think some screen action, uh, action passes, and uh, and just do a lot better job of executing. And for. For Leonard, I think just better than just having what we saw on the sideline, just kind of standing there with it, with it, we had Chris with the deer eyes, you know, in headlights, but to be engaged with the plays, be engaged with uh, the referees, and just be in the game. Okay. So what's your? is there a record you're looking for uh, for the rest of the way for Jim Leonard to really gain your confidence and say, okay, this is the guy that is, is ready to lead the Wisconsin Badgers from here on out? Well, they got a big uphill climb, I think, because he's got, unless he was able to bring in a different offensive coordinator or some other changes, but he, but he's pretty much stuck with what he's got. So I'd say if they could still get out there and win the West with, with an attitude. Okay. All right, man. Appreciate they it. They got to win. They, they do. You're, you're right. Uh, they, uh, they'd win more than a few ball games along the way if they ended up winning the West. That's John and Madison. John, appreciate the phone call. Uh, Mark says upgrade recruiting. Rick says, if Leonard beats Iowa and Minnesota, I would consider that a success. Uh, and Mark says, uh, the guy has been the best when you talk about the recruiting aspect of things. Ben, what do you think needs to happen? Uh, you know, we all talked about the talent level. If Is it down? Does it need to be coached up? 
um, you know, certain teams that they may not be favored against along the way. What do you think needs to happen for everybody to go, yep, Jim Leonard's the guy? The rest of this season, if they make a bowl game, I think it's clear. That would be finishing four and three. The rest of their schedule, every single game is completely winnable. And it sounds crazy, and this is also positive optimist Ben speaking. They're only a half game back in the West, and the West sucks. Like, even the teams at the top, Minnesota lost to Purdue this weekend. They couldn't run. Purdue has shown signs of not being great. And then Northwestern's 1-4. and They are horrible. They've gotten beat at home by Southern Illinois, Miami of Ohio, Duke, and then Penn State also. So there's so much that's out of his control, I think. The offense is so tough to fix from his perspective because the defense isn't along either. And you would think a lot of his attention will be on that, and rightfully so. So I think if they can somehow claw and make a bowl game, it'll be a success. I think what I'm looking for is fight. Like against Ohio State, they didn't really come out with it. No, and that's a tough game no. in a tough environment. But against Illinois, they're down 14 to 10 at halftime, and they came out with no fight and laid a complete egg in the second half. So there might be things that are out of their control in terms of winning or out of Leonard's control when it comes to the talent or the execution, especially on offense. But if this team just has more fight, I think I'd feel better about him. I think most of it, honestly, is off the field. Like if this team keeps losing, I don't think I can blame Leonard because he's dealt a pretty Mm -hmm. tough hand. So fight being the number one thing, uh, four and three the rest of the way, get into a bowl. Um, If you go with three losses, are they three losses that are expected or unexpected? So we would assume that it would be Minnesota, Iowa, and someone else. Um, And, you know, now then then again, you're only as good as your next week's game. But a huge first step to me uh, is a place that you just haven't been able to win consistently. If they get a win this weekend in Evanston, if you're in that locker room, you got to go, whoa, wait a minute. We're doing something that not a lot of people have done in recent history for the Wisconsin Badgers, and that's win in this place. This goofy, you know, better than school stadium or equal to with the 47-inch long grass that you can hide players in. Just a, a very weird setting. And so if they can win in Evanston and get over there, I, I think that's huge uh, to me just to get a start. And I guess it'll all matriculate from there, but I, I just, man just to get a win down there in Evanston and then kind of go from there, see what happens. I think that's going to be big. But if, if along the way, much like Rick says over on the Bud Light live stream, he said, look, if he beats Iowa and Minnesota, that's a success. Uh, both of those teams as good as, if not better than, what the Badgers have shown so far. So if you can come back and beat those two teams who have kind of been knocking at the door for a while now, even though Iowa can't score points to you know save their life, but if you can beat both of those teams – yeah, you get a win in Evanston, you knock off Iowa, you knock off Minnesota, and then somebody else along the way to get those four wins, hell yeah, I'll take that every day of the week. But that also means, though, Rick, that you're also losing to teams you have no business losing to. So that would be the disappointing thing. I think, um, what do they got? How many games? Seven games left, Ben? Seven. me if I'm wrong. Seven games left. I think you win five out of the next seven. That That's, that's really solid. And they can do it. They can do it. I don't think uh, there's a team on the docket that they should not be favored against or at the very least almost a pick them. Um, and if you can win five of the next seven, then that's that's a pretty big success 
for uh, Jim Leonard and the Wisconsin Badger program. Uh, that At least that's my opinion. 877-867-1670. Here in the, the western portion of the state, great restaurant in La Crosse called Buzzard Billy's. B-U-Z-Z-A-R-D. Buzzard Billy's. Great place upstairs is the Starlight Lounge. That's where, like, if I can only imagine that if the Rat Pack were together and Sinatra was still here, they'd all be hanging out up there on a Friday night. It's a great place. Nick is the manager up there. Go say hi to Nick. He's a great guy. But either place out there in lacrosse, love them both. That's Buzzard Billy's and the Starlight Lounge right upstairs. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show out here in Viroqua coming up after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers will have a final practice today before boarding the team plane tonight. Does it feel like they're really headed to London? Randall Cobb. Uh, it, it doesn't feel like it. To be honest with you right now, just, just the way that we uh, are going about it with our schedule and trying to keep everything as normal as possible. Obviously, we'll be traveling, which is a little different, but... I just try to put it in the mind frame of us going to the West Coast and having an extra day on the West Coast. You know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what it entails on the other side of it. But as far as here preparing, we're preparing the same way to find a way to go win a football game. It's about an eight-hour flight from Green Bay to London. That's not going to be an easy trip for defensive back Eric Stokes, who admits he has a fear of flying. First thing is the flight. Oh, I'm terrified of flying from the start, so this long flight for them kind of give me a little hiccup. What do you do to pass time on the flight? Then? Are you looking- Pray I can sleep. That's the biggest thing. Pray I can sleep. Uh, find me something to do. I might download some movies off of Netflix and just continue going from there. The Giants are banged up after their 20-12 win over Chicago. 14 players on the injury list. If some of them are questionable, will they still make the trip? Giants head coach Brian Dable. Oh, that's a good question. I think they'll do everything they can do to rehab. If they have a chance to play, they'll be on the flight. We'll keep rehabbing them and we'll take it all the way to the end with some of the guys. If we don't think that they're you know, going to be able to play or make it, then they'll stay here. The Giants have four defensive backs and four receivers on the injury list, including wide receiver Kenny Galladay. Dibble asked if he'll be at practice today. Uh, He will not practice today. Again, I don't think uh, KG. And he's not, I I doubt he'll be ready to go this week. That's Giants head coach Brian Dable. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Friends at Growth Law, G-R-O-T-H, been with us a long time and also worked with us on the motorcycle ride. Good people. If you are a biker or somebody that uh, had an injury, you can uh, get a hold of one of the best biker law firms in the country. That is Growth, G-R-O-T-H, growthlaw.com. That is growthlaw.com. See them, talk to them, get a hold of them. They're good people over there. That is growthlaw.com, G-R-O-T-H, growthlaw.com. What do you want to see out of the Badger football program uh, now that uh, the move has been made and Paul Chris has been let go. Um, Mike says, survive the 2022 season, recruit and develop the plan for the future of the program. That's, but I, I guess I'm looking for something more specific. I think that's obvious, you know, play with the hand you're dealt and do better at recruiting. And that's, you, you gotta you, you gotta make a decision on the head coach at the end of the year. Do you believe or just do you believe it's Leonard? That Jim Leonard is the guy. He should be the one to be given the program. Tom says five hundred season, but overall I would be perfectly fine with them just being a top twenty five program every year. Totally fine with that. They'll never be an elite program. 
it would have uh, happened by now. Some don't remember or not uh, too young to know. It used to be really be sad. No, I uh, go back to the Morton area. Yeah, I I completely get that. I completely get that. Um, what are you doing tonight, Ben? We have Kenny and Hyoprin, but no yes. Zach. He is still on the mend, feeling well, which is good. I will be live at Monks and Sun Prairie with former Wisconsin tight end Jacob Peterson, who played under Paul Christ when he was offensive coordinator under Bielema. He was also there when Brett left and went to Arkansas. So I'll be live with him from 5 to 6 for an hour, and then it'll be podcasted afterwards. But I'm excited to get his thoughts on it because he yeah. obviously knows the program and those guys more. And I'm interested to see how the team responds because all of the writers that have been talking to the players since the news mm-hmm. – Jeff Patrikas specifically said it feels like there was a death in the family in terms of the vibe around the players and how much they loved Paul Christ. So yeah. I feel like Saturday can go one of two ways. Like, do you remember the Nebraska-Oklahoma game earlier this year when mm-hmm. Frost is gone, Mickey Joseph is there, they come out, they score a touchdown, they get up 14-7, to right. and then everybody on the team realized, oh, they're much better than us, and then all the energy left and they lost by 50. Right. I kind of right. feel like it's either they come out on fire and beat the crap out of Northwestern or it gets even worse and worse and worse, which could get bad because then players transfer out, a lot of roster turnover, which leads to a rebuild. So it's going to be an interesting Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. I, 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 Like you said, I'm looking for fight. No doubt about that. But I'm also, I, honestly, I'm looking for a win. You go to Evanston and you get beat, then you've given up. With or without Paul Chris, that means you gave up. And as much as you want, I know what it's like when you feel like there's been a death in the family. I go back to when the Packers were going to the postseason, and that is when uh, Joe Philbin, Joe Philbin's son, uh, was found dead, uh, and he had passed away. And you get that feeling. It was just this massive down and rightfully so don't get me wrong but they felt for joe philbin and they just had such a a drain on them going into that postseason game and i remember troy aikman coming out of the uh, the, the team meeting uh with rogers and mike mccarthy and company and saying oh it's just it's it's like there's no energy in the building and they ended up you know getting subsequently beat so you kind of wonder if if symbolically that's what these guys are going through you, you got to win this game. You got. I mean, you know, if you don't win, what are you proving? You know, if you, if you don't go out and play with verve and vigor, what are you proving? Either one, you got the coach fired because of this type of play, or two, what has been written about you is you're not that damn good. You're not good. You're not a good football team anyway, so you're expected to lose. So it's no big deal. So if you have any chutzpah at all, you, you get pissed. You go out and and play your ass off. Even if you're even if you're the guy that is playing next to a guy who's not playing his ass off, you go out and be that guy that works his ass off. I, I just I can't imagine anybody in that locker room thinking, ah, this is done. They fired the coach. Season hasn't gone our way. Three losses. Last one being ugly. Ah, to hell with it. I'm just, you just, you can't do that. 
You know, you just can't do it. Uh, Mark says uh, Jim Leonard also has always been the underdog. He will succeed. I hope. I hope so. I mean, I think we've all kind of figured that it would be his team anyway. But now it is. Sooner rather than we expected. So now I clearly uh, clearly uh, in the spotlight, I guess, for lack of a better term. I can't believe it. That'll do it. Thanks to the staff and management here at the, the Barocco Hills Country Club. My God, what a, what a nice place. Beautiful golf course. Thanks to the, uh, the Vernon, uh, our people from uh, the Vernon Communications who got us up and running, and we'll deal with them again tomorrow. They're just great people over there. And thanks to everybody that stopped by today to say hello as well. That's it. Until tomorrow when we're at the Norwegian Hollow here in Barocqua. Time for us to get out of here. Have a going. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.